I'm Ray Riley, CEO of Progress Retail. We're a retail operations and employee experience platform. I'm Sudhir Reddy, head of engineering at Esper, as well as the host of this show. There's a device for that. It's a pleasure meeting you. I went and looked up all the things about progress and retail and fascinating world that you're all in and uh, what you're trying to enable for your for your learners, I guess, is the term I'm going to use. So tell sure. us a little bit about the business. What do you do? How did you come about this business in the first place? Yeah, sure. I, so I suppose part of that story is, is my background. Um, I'm a lifelong retailer. So, you know, that's been pretty instrumental in obviously the work we do with retailers, I've worked on the shop floors as an associate, I've managed stores, I've managed groups of stores. So, you know, all that experience lends pretty well when we talk with retailers every single day. At a high level, we solve two main problems for retailers. One being, you know, working in stores is tough. It's always been tough. Today, frontline teams engage with a lot of different tools, formal and informal, that really add a lot of complexity to their roles. So whether that's things like managing inventory in Google Sheets or doing visual merchandising with Google Drive, it's not built for retail, it's generic, it's manual, it's disparate. So basically our platform combines anywhere from three to five tools into one, predicated around task execution, company communications, and then dynamic learning. And then the other half of the business is really around uh, learning content. So being able to uh, remove a lot of the heavy lifting that retailers often find themselves in, in terms of how do you design and deploy effective learning strategies for your associates, store managers, and more. So we leverage a 30-year history um, as a retail education company that's now in the last five years built out a platform to do all that and more. Awesome. That's a great introduction to the company. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you come into retail? What brought you into that world? And then what made you go and try to be innovative about solving certain problems that you saw out there? So I guess, you know, my first retail role is probably not too dissimilar to anyone. You know, I was, uh, it started as a summer job. And so I had graduated high school, needed a job before I went to college, which I only stayed college for about a year as the first born son of college professors do. I was selling cell phones uh, on the shop floor. And so I ended up starting a company out of that, I ended up then getting more stores with a partner. We opened up our own cell phone stores. Long story short, ended up then leaving sort of that entrepreneurial streak and working for a global jewelry chain out of Australia called Michael Hill. They have about 300 stores in the world, about a hundred in Canada. And I ended up being sort of their head of stores for the US. That's where I really, you know, really got a lot of my retail fundamentals and a real deep education in retail, retail management. And I suppose, without question influenced me in terms of uh, what we've done with progress retail in the sense that going back to what I shared around just retail being difficult, you bring in people, the wages are not exactly spectacular, but the development that these teams don't receive and the, I sort of labeled enablement and empowerment, enablement obviously being the tools that we give these teams to uh, succeed. And then the empowerment, the actual development, the skills, the learning paths to be successful has always been, you know, a bit of a lagging issue uh, in the industry. And so enablement and empowerment are really what our platform and product is, is centered around for modern retail teams. Yeah. And it's fascinating where we're talking about enablement for people who work in brick and mortar stores a lot of times, et cetera. 
And that world has seen a whole revolution happen in the last, not just the pandemic, but in the last decade, I want to say, in terms of moving online. And uh, so what are some of the challenges that these brick and mortar companies are facing from your perspective these days? Yeah. You know, obviously the pandemic has accelerated a lot of that. I think, you know, the, the two big ones I think that everyone would think about is obviously the labor challenges, supply chain challenges. Um, now that doesn't necessarily directly impact the frontline teams that work in these stores, but it certainly has an impact. Looking at what the pandemic did, it caused a massive talent drain out of the industry. There's always been like a tribal knowledge aspect to working in stores. There's a language to stores. And I know when I'm on a call with a retailer because we speak that same language. There's there's the shorthand that sort of can be conveyed in terms of, and you can tell if someone's like literally gotten down on their knees to open the gate to the store, they've opened the gate, they've gone in the back room, they've disarmed the alarm code. You kind of tell like that they've lived that life kind of thing, you know? And so when you lose a manager or a district manager that's been with you for 10, 15 years, and you've just lost a tremendous amount of intelligence that is very difficult to replace, especially when you might not have those tools and training available. But from my vantage point, I mean, that's obviously a huge issue is a drain of talent and then teams that aren't optimized to do the work. And then to your point with how stores have changed, stores are responsible for so much more than they were 10 years ago. You know, it used to just be obviously quite transactional. Customer come in, they purchase things. Now, of course, stores are acting as fulfillment centers. Stores are acting as more education centers for customers in certain categories. So the role of the associate, the manager in store has expanded dramatically and the tool set and the empowerment is, is lagging behind. That's fascinating. I'm, I'm going to pick up on something uh, that you just said, but before we go there, it is so much about the tribal knowledge in all industries, isn't it? If you came into the software world. I could tell you a developer that's working on a certain language or a certain domain just by talking to them for five minutes. But on the flip side, I have no idea what retail store lingo, if you will, and it's fascinating. And a lot of times I also think that with that tribal knowledge, people leaving means a bigger role than you think it is. It's not just the human, but it is all of the practices that they have implemented in your stores and all the ways they've done things that almost becomes the culture of the store. Absolutely. So tell me about uh, when, you know, one thing that fascinated me in what you just said is it's stores have now become more education centers for customers. What does that mean? What should I expect today if I walk into a store that will be different from 10 years ago? Yeah, and I think it's category specific in some sense. So like obviously your C-store environment, AKA a Walgreens or something, that's still going to be quite transactional. But when you actually look at what some of those stores, Walgreens, CVS are doing, I mean, they are moving more in towards health. And I think that like Ron Johnson from Apple, when he was at Apple and when he went to JCPenney, you know, thinking of retail as the town square, I think that that's been obviously slowly playing out here where retail is a destination. It's always been a destination, but how can you provide the consumer with a lot more of an array of services and products that are going to meet the need for them, especially given how time poor everyone is now and, and also how much more precious people are about their time with the pandemic. And, you know, Target's an example of that where last year, I mean, what they stacked on like $8 billion in revenue. And that was because people didn't want to go to four stores to do the shopping, right? They wanted to go to one, they could get it done at Target and Target was the beneficiary of that. 
Now, obviously that's a hard act to follow up with the next year in terms of comparative store sales and the markets have slayed them to a short term, I think, um, as a result. But you, know, you look at different retail categories as well. Uh, you know, cannabis retail, as an example, is a booming category with store openings. And that's very uh, educational and becoming so. And so there's a lot of categories, I think, that lend themselves to, you know, the word experience is a big buzzword, but that lend themselves to a deeper engagement channel when a customer visits a physical store outlet. Awesome. Awesome. So we learned that the landscape for the retailers is changing and based on the category of stores, you'll see a lot of the educational things be customized for that category, et cetera. So tell me what role as you came in and looking to solve a problem here, what role does technology you do you think play in this whole landscape? And then what does your technology do to help with these situations? I think what can't be understated, and we just actually had a conversation with our team on the tech side internally around this is the retail industry is, is traditionally not known to be at the forefront of innovation. Let's just start with how they onboard their team members. I mean, a lot of the, the majority of them, I'm talking 75%, I would say minimum five stores up to thousands. The super majority of them are still onboarding their teams with paper manuals like that right there sort of presents technological adoption opportunity there to be able to streamline, scale, digitize elements of that experience to make it more measurable and trackable. So, I mean, you, you look at the earliest onset of the employee lifecycle, and if that's the current state, the opportunity from a technology standpoint is just massive. So maybe switching out of like the HR realm, right? And we talk about whether it's store operations or the actual sales management and performance of these stores. I mean, technology is playing an increasing role, whether that's how they connect with customers via clienteling solutions, I mean, the role of in-store hardware, which I know is obviously something in your guys' uh, wheelhouse, whether that's IoT or, uh, you know, various ways of tracking customers and customer sentiment even. So like the short answer is it's a massive opportunity. It's just a question of reframing, I think, for retailers and, and becoming a bit more, uh, having a bit, bit more of an increased appetite for risk and, 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 you know, actually trialing some things. Interesting that you said that a lot of the onboarding of new employees is with paper and potentially somebody drawing on a whiteboard and, and things. And that's a prime place where most of the industry has now moved to either a computer-based or a tablet-based way of training people, onboarding, giving the trainees new experiences that they can actually do. And, and maybe just to add a little more color to that, some operators, they think the answer is, well, no, 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 we've got it as a PDF now, so we can put that on a tablet. No, no, that's not exactly what we mean, right? It's, it's like, how do we design actually a learning experience where folks can actually extract and absorb what they need to know and what they need to do in their roles? Because yes, there's some of those that are like, no, 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 we've made it into a PowerPoint. And we're like, there's a bit of a gap there in terms of where we need to go. Yeah, and everyone expects a much more interactive and bite-sized information for the milliseconds we all have our attention spans for these days and, sure. and all of that. So uh, with Progress Retail then, how are you looking to solve some of this technology gap that are in the stores and the training and their operations and all of that? What do you bring to the table there? Probably the easiest way to talk about that is like, we're now beginning our second act. So I'll, I'll talk about our first act, which is basically everything we've talked about, streamlining all of their store operations, communications, training, et cetera, by a technology that is built and designed for the nuances of retail. 
Now, when I say the nuances of retail, I really mean two things. And, and this is where I think retail's really having a reckoning right now is a lot of retailers have adopted a lot of, I'll just call it generic SaaS, right? Uh, for, for those that have adopted any software as a service solutions. And the problem with those solutions typically is that the major nuances of retail involve role dynamics and location dynamics. So a lot of software, as an example, will enable you to do groups. That's just not good enough for retail because you have multiple group dynamics. You have, I belong to a store, but I also belong to a group of store managers. So, you know, those are two very distinct things. And so our solution and other solutions that play in a similar space as ours, you know, we are designed for that type of architecture to respect that where I belong in my role is equally as important as where I belong in my location in the organizational hierarchy of locations. So yeah, I mean, from a, from a store operation standpoint, whether that's task execution, company communications and messaging and learning, it's about how do we drive and tailor this information, these insights, these actions to the right people in the right location at the right time. So that's really what we're doing now. Um, so the impact of that is, well, they now can track and measure accountability in real time and not have to call a store or email someone or text. And they now can really measure the impact of that performance as well through our platform. But as I mentioned, we have a second act and that's what we're beginning now, where it's all about how can we actually rapidly build intelligence in retail teams by providing them with the right insights at the right time. We have a number of integrations we're doing. And so we're really excited about, and I'm sure it's similar in software engineering in the sense that for a store manager, I'd like to develop a really, really robust store manager. And if you have the best development behind you to do that, it's going to take at least a year to two years, like at least for them to be super solid and confident, competent in that role as, as a leader, basically. So with what we're doing, we're trying to model, well, how can we actually do that half the time by being able to identify and automate all of this intelligence through data you know, that we have and that we're collecting either natively or through integrations. So that's really where we're taking this, you know, an omni-channel retail intelligence platform is really where we're going. That's amazing. Trying to cut the training time in half for a manager is just a, that seems, so is that a aspirational goal or you, you're going to get there? So uh, right now it's an aspirational goal, but I believe that just from, and especially from being a previous store manager many years ago, there are definitely ways by providing that user or that persona with the right information and also the right associated learnings with that information. So I'll give you a, a basic example. You know, being able to present to a store leader based on their foot traffic when certain categories in their stores sell better than others and how then to, with multi-layered data, to be able to look at, well, this is when these tasks should be completed. This is a team member who's weak in terms of sales in that category. Let's focus their development on a particular set of courses or education. And so by having that type of intelligence engine, that can automate elements of that decision-making, there's a ability to really scale that, I think, across the organization and, and across their employee bits. Yeah. To summarize, if I understand, there's the, the solution you're building is really about being contextual to the industry, the retail industry, and being able to give people a sense of themselves. And therefore, I'm answering these or presenting information in these bespoke ways to you so that you can learn from all of the thing plus analyzing all of the data that you potentially have from the store, as well as from your experiences with other 
customers and bringing great value in that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. And, and, you know, from our customer feedback, we're hundred percent bootstrapped We're revenue generating in four countries. And that's the feedback we get is that this is personalized for retail, every element from not only the content, but the technology. And I think that that's also really important when we consider the user, our primary user is we call her Susie. She's a single mother on 14 bucks an hour. And she works 20 hours a week in store. And how can we make her life easier? That's really, you know, sort of how we focus the product. That's amazing. That persona is a lot of times in software, in the software industry, building out a persona of who you want to serve is just as important as building the software itself. So in terms of delivering your solution to these customers, what are the mechanisms? Is this all a browser-based solution that you're looking to build or are you giving customers tablets or other ways that, hey, they're walking around in the store and they can look things up? Uh, tell me a little bit about the actual solution that you're providing. Yeah, so the solution's web application. So we've been live now for over four, almost four and a half years. So yeah, we've got everyone accessing us to the browser. In terms of in-store tech, we don't supply any hardware, but we've had conversations with retail because, you know, re retail is a fascinating industry for the technology. They provide their teams. A lot of our retail partners have in-store iPads already. So we're just another shortcut on that iPad or tablet. They do use their personal devices, obviously, because there's elements of communication and, and employee development that they'll uh, leverage the platform. But yeah, we have had conversations with a large chain, you know, hundreds of stores where they say, you know, our, our, our machines don't have speakers. So, you know, it's going to be pretty different for them to, pretty difficult for them to engage with learning. And so we've, you know, gone for our Apple business rep to give them a quote on iPads or something like that. So yeah, we don't provide any hardware at this stage. We do have some aspirational things that we may do around hardware as it relates to in-store behavior that we're sort of throwing around on the wall right now. But at this stage, no, we don't provide any devices or anything like that. And the, obviously the reason I ask you that question is because we are in the market as per is in, in making Android work amazingly well for a lot of retailers around the world. So there may be an opportunity for you and us to collaborate on this. So quick questions, and we're probably going to use some of this first techie device that you used would probably be, in, would it be what was it? The, probably the Apple one, to be honest with you from memory, my grandma and aunt had one. And so I remember using that as a young guy, my dad was pretty influential in music technology and some digital media stuff in the early nineties, late eighties. And so I remember learning very simple HTML. I'm not technical, but it's like the piano. I don't remember any of it. So I used page spinner and things like that when I was probably five years old. But uh, yeah, those was probably the early memories for sure. That's awesome. I remember the first uh, device I ever used was a x86 machine, an Intel uh, machine back in the day. And all, I, all it had was two floppy drives and you... The operating system ran on one and your software ran on the other. And those were the good old days, right? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm 32. And so like most people my age, I, I find they don't really remember, you know, those types of very early computers. I was fortunate kind of just growing up around them uh, as my parents were professors. So we kind of had access to that. So, yeah. Awesome. What do you use today the most? What, what kind of device? Mac, Windows? All in on Mac. Grew up with Macs before they were you know, obviously as cool and colorful as they are today. Um, so yeah, I've been a Mac guy since the very beginning and I 
don't see myself changing. <laughs> I'm a Mac ecosystem person too. Although I work for a company that, uh, we build services for Android. And so I have to say I'm both actually right now. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. The last question I had is really around, where do you see the retail technology space in enabling retailers to do better in a world where everything is moving online? Where do you see that technology evolving? Where do you see the gaps in that technology right now? I, so I think right now, particularly with the retailers we're focusing on, there's a, and, and I think this is not just retail specific, but there's a tremendous amount of consolidation um, that everyone's trying to achieve. I mean, we talk to retailers that their frontline teams, hourly associates engage with 14 different technologies on a weekly basis. Like that's just not going to cut it, but especially with labor dynamics. How do you onboard and train someone with 14 different tools? I mean, and then have them do their core job responsibilities as well. When I think about, you know, the future of the industry from a, a technology standpoint, um, particularly for the for physical retail, I mean, obviously, you know, we could go on about e-commerce and all that, but for, I think for physical retail, you know, you've got really two camps. You have that HIS and payroll thing, and then you have your point of sale, clienteling, analytics, in-store behavior tracking, like kind of have that. Progress retail, we like to view ourselves as sort of that middle piece, if you will. You know, we, that obviously we're not a point of sale, but we're also not an HIS, but we are the operational platform that, you know, can integrate with both um, and can provide very tailored and contextual um, actionable insights uh, to store teams to basically optimize their day-to-day -day workflows. So I think that's going to be the real big trend. You know, you see the behemoths of the world, whether it's, you know, Microsoft in particular, I think, doing a lot around their retail practice. And so the next 10 years is going to be how to simplify the tech stack for retailers um, so they can move faster, I think is really what, you know, what it's going to have to be about. Yeah, and uh, I can actually vouch for that because one of our customers does something very similar, but in a different space. So they're in the business of providing two restaurants a single interface by which they can get, receive their DoorDash orders, their Uber Eats orders, and all of these other ways we can order our food. And they consolidate all of the technology into one screen so that they don't have 12 different ways of uh, responding to different orders coming into the restaurant. So very similar story. How does one find out more about Progress Retail? Where would I go? What would I do? Yeah, so progressretail.com is the website. You know, we're pretty active on LinkedIn, Twitter. We've just launched our product board, but we're, we're still going to be doing some things there so people can see, you know, what we're, we're going to be up to, what we're building, um, you know, where we're going next. All those social channels, for sure. Yeah, and if you'd like to connect with Ray, he is at Riley Retail on Twitter, and you can also find him on LinkedIn. Totally. That was a fascinating and interesting discussion for me with Ray from Progress Retail. And you know, as you look around the world and as it's evolving and changing, even in brick and mortar retail stores where technology tends to move much slower than a lot of other places, we're now starting to see that change and that technology is taking over and coming in and helping with in places that we never thought possible could be helped. And the power of devices, whether that's a computer or whether that's a tablet or a wearable, whatever it is, they're being used to help even educate people on in the retail industry. So that was one learning. And the other thing that I want to do after this 
is I want to go learn more about the retail practices and what they do there just to educate myself. Thank you for listening to There's a Device for That, brought to you by Esper. Esper is the industry's first and leading DevOps platform for device fleets. To learn more about us, you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at EsperDev, that's at E-S-P-E-R-D-E-V, or you can go to esper.io. Thank you for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of There's a Device for That.